0: So we're going to start today and uh, we're going to hopefully wrap this up. And this is probably the most uh, quoted church or the problem that Jesus has with this church is probably the most quoted by everybody. Let's start in verse 14. And to the angel, remember in verse chapter 1, the angel, it explained, they are the preachers. And it says, the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, these things saith the amen, and the faithful and the true witness beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. That probably would destroy all once saved, always saved, concepts. Yeah, okay, thank you for that grunt, hallelujah. Because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods, having need of nothing, and know not that thou art a wretched and miserable, poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me pure gold tried in fire, that thou mayest be rich and white raiment And that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness doth not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man will hear my voice and open the door, I will come in unto him, and will sup with him, and he with me this is the church of the Laodiceans. now some say that we are in this church age but really i believe that all these churches together point to us an end time church because if not we could not preach on uh the first six churches if they were not in the mix now remember john the revelator is told to preach not only what has been the resurrection of christ not only that which is the condition of the church and that which will be the beginning of tribulation on through the book of Revelation. So we're going to talk today about the church of the Laodiceans. Remember that Jesus quotes and reminds us that all judgment, what he is doing right now in the seven churches, Asia Minor, they have heard the gospel from Acts, uh, the apostle in Acts, the 19th chapter. They have turned away from him. In, and the doctrines of his deliverance of the epistles to the churches in Asia Minor, they've turned away from him in less than 40 years. It seems like every generation, as the pattern is in the old covenant, that they adhere to God, then they turn away from God. It seems like once we get in a position of God, things start going well, we begin to forget why they have turned around. And so we understand that Jesus in his grace and mercy, his love for the church brings about chastisement. Now Jesus could have left these churches blind. He could have left them naked. He could have left them wretched. He could have left them uh, infused and defiled by sin, but he doesn't do that. Why? Because he understands and desires that man would walk with him. So Jesus, out of his grace and mercy, does what? He chastises the church. Whom he loves, he chastises. So God is zealous towards us and he doesn't let us walk in our sin. God captures us when we get tainted with or get separated from him by sin. And God lays hold on us And he convicts us, or he reveals our sin to us, and that is a call to repentance. Now, not everybody's going to repent. Some are going to reject God, some are going to reject Christ, and that is their right. But they will not do it without the stirring or the prick of God's love for mankind. So when we talk about John the Revelator being the watchman, Jesus raises him up and allows him to see. A watchman does what? He watches not only what is coming, but declares what is on the horizon. The watchman, John the Revelator, he reveals Christ, he reveals that which is, and he reveals that which is going to come. But he does it in the position of a watchman. Not just the apostle, not just the revelator, but the watchman, of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is speaking to him very intimately about the churches, and we need to pay attention. Amen. Now, let's look in uh, verse 14. It says this And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of all creation in the world that we live in if you'll go to first john the fourth chapter we're going to read these four verses then we're going to talk about some of these things jesus is under attack not only is the church under attack but jesus and his deity is under attack there are many in the world today that are preaching that jesus christ is not god this is the doctrine of devils And it's found in 1 John 4, 1 through 4. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh... Is not of God and this is a spirit of the Antichrist and wherefore ye have heard that it should come and I tell you now already that this spirit is in the world you are of God little children have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world now what is the spirit of the Antichrist doing the spirit of Antichrist is eroding who Jesus Christ is. Without Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus Christ, men and women cannot and do not and will not believe in God. Let's go to 1 Peter or have it on the screen, 1 Peter 1, 17 through 21. It's essential that you and I understand that Jesus is the only witness to God's existence. Thank you, there you go, hallelujah. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect to persons, judges according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. And then it says, for so much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and of gold from your vain conversation received by traditions from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without... Blemish and without spot. Who verily was ordained before the foundations of the earth or the world that was before manifest in these last times for you? Who by him do believe in who? God, not a God, the only true God that raised him from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be where? In God. Jesus Christ is the only infallible faithful witness of an invisible God. Now when we allow other doctrines to come into the church, doctrines of devils, you know the Bible never ever warns us about self-help messages not being true. No. What the Bible warns us about is the doctrines of devils and the doctrines of devils always have to do with the erosion of the person of jesus christ and when they begin to deny that then faith falls apart and so what happens is the church becomes infiltrated with all of these doctrines they become infiltrated with buddhism you might say oh i just don't believe that have you ever heard of a a holiday in a uh, denomination called All Saints Day? Yeah, All Saints Day is an accumulation of all of the deities and saints of other religion accumulated under one covering of a denomination in the United States of America that when they brought in those deities, when they brought in these other saints, when they brought in these other forms of worship, They connected them with what we would call the faith of that church and that church has become a church that simply makes statements that you know what you can be saved you can come to Christ there are many ways to Jesus there are many ways to God Jesus is just one of them are you kidding me Jesus said that he is the way the truth and the life listen Buddhism has no hope of anything except if you believe in reincarnation and you want to come back as a roach, that's your great confidence. Could I get an amen? Listen, we have to realize that Confucius, we have to realize that uh, um, uh, uh, the uh, Muslim belief, we have to believe realize that all these beliefs that have these singular gods or these gods of pluralism that say that there's another way to heaven besides Christ, these are anti-Christ doctrines. Could I get an amen? Listen, we do not believe in reincarnation. We believe in an eternity. One is heaven and one is hell. Amen. And they are all brought into focus by the judge of the quick and the dead, and that means Jesus Christ is the judge of all men. Amen. The Bible says in Jesus, God was made flesh. Jesus is what? He is the witness of God. What is Buddha? Buddha is the witness of a philosophy. Could I get an amen? What is Islam? Islam is is a doc, a declaration of another gospel we have to understand that all of these are anti-christ these are the things that came into the church of the laodiceans you might say oh you mean you're against buddhists i'm not against buddhists oh you're against uh uh uh, uh islam i'm not against islam oh you're against harry Krishna, i'm not against harry Krishna, i am for one jesus christ I am for preaching the gospel of Christ. And if any man preaches any other gospel, let that man be a curse. If another angel would try to preach that gospel, another gospel, let him be a curse. I'm telling you that as a people that serve God, that our focus is on that Jesus Christ is the truth, the way and the life, and no man can come unto the Father except by him. All others are false God's and false doctrines. Could I get an amen? Hallelujah. And then the Bible says in Hebrews 1, 1 through 4, if I could have that on the screen, remember that Jesus was the Word, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among God. We beheld Him being full of grace and truth. We beheld the glory of God being unveiled to lost man. Without Christ's coming, the Bible was simply another argumentative presentation of somebody's belief system. But since Jesus has come, guess what? All other belief systems have been declared false and he is the only true and faithful witness of God. Hebrews 1.1 1, 1 says, God who at summary times uh, and in di- diverse manner spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. And then it says this, hath in these last days, last days began 2,000 years ago when Jesus Christ hung on a cross and died. When he died for man, he set in motion a time clock. And that is the beginning of the last days. People say, we're in the last days. I understand what you mean, but really the last days has already been started at the cross, at Calvary. And then it says this, unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom he also made the worlds, who being the brightness of God's glory and the express image of God himself, and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins set down on the right hand of the majesty on high being made so much better than the angels as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they here we see that if we want to hear the voice of God what we must do is look at the cross look at the life Christ so when people say there's many ways to Jesus or many ways to God all we have to do is look to Jesus all we have to do is hear his words why because God has used him to speak to a lost and dying world people make declarations like well you know God loves us all God does love us all he made provisions for all but not all experience God's love And if you want to believe in Buddhism, you can believe in Buddhism, but you're not going to experience God's love, which is redemption, not only for this life, but in the life after everlasting life or eternal life. In other words, if you want to believe in Buddha, guess what? You can. But if you reject Jesus Christ as being the only witness of God, you're going to find yourself in an eternal, endless hell hell that there is no escape. There are a million roads that lead there, but there are none that lead out. Could I get an amen? And then in John the 14th chapter verse 6 on down, we all remember the great rendition of Thomas's statement that you know what? Show us the Father and it would suffice us if we could just see God give us physical evidence of his existence. It would suffice. It would strengthen us. It would cause us to persevere. It would cause us not to bend, not to withdraw back, not to compromise, not to bend, not to bow. If we could just see him. And Jesus says, have I been with you so long that you've not recognized who I am? That when you have seen me, you have seen God. That when we behold who God is, there are no excuses doing anything that God desires us to do. Could it get an amen? Amen. No other name has or no other one has ever made a proclamation of such magnitude as Jesus does and then confirmed it. Confirmed it with physical evidence. I hear there's a guy down in Florida that declares he's Christ. And I've seen a documentary on him. He, thousands are coming to join themselves to him. All you have to do to find out if he's Christ or not, all he has to do is just heal himself. But if you've got to go to the doctor, you've got to go to the dentist. If you can't help yourself, you can't help anybody else. Amen. And all you've got to do is ask him to raise one dead person so that they could testify that they'd been with the Father and indeed, this is his son, Ask Lazarus. Listen, we listen to these types of false doctrines and we think that they're not imperative. We think they're not affecting the faith system of America. It is eroding the very fiber of our faith, of our forefathers and what this nation was founded upon. Hallelujah. And so no other has ever made the claim to be the son of the living God with unexputable evidence. Not only did Jesus raise from the dead, I had a doctor come to me one time, and he was a Muslim, and he said, can I speak to you privately? I said, sure. And so uh, we went into this room, we sat down on this uh, table and put our feet on the bench, and uh, he said, tell me the difference of your God and my God. I said, well, yours is still in the tomb that you can go and visit at Mecca. Mine has been raised from the dead and his tomb is empty. Now that doctor lady tried to kill himself. He failed to kill himself. So I would encourage you not to go to him to be your doctor. Because even an idiot could kill himself let alone a doctor failing to do so. But what happens is his cry for help was so deep in his life that if he could not acknowledge Jesus as being someone different than the God or the man that he followed, he could not be free. His own torment destroyed his life. Now, Jesus gives us evidence, tangible evidence known as healing, miracles, signs, and wonders. Even today, they're done in his name. Even today, the sick are healed. Even today, the blind see. Even today, the deaf hear. Even today, God raises the dead in that name of Jesus. Now, I don't speak of something that somebody else has done. I speak of things that I have seen with my eyes and been the orchestrator thereof. I don't speak of what somebody else has experienced. I'm telling you my experience using the name of Jesus Christ. Not only I speak of the experience, it is on tape and see DVD. So I don't just speak of myths, I speak of things that I know and things that I am assured of that point to who Jesus is—the faithful witness of God. Hallelujah! Now let's go to First—I mean, uh, John five thirty-six. John, John five thirty-six, please. So we're talking about Jesus being the witness of God. This is what the Church of the Laodiceans forgot, and as they begin to withdraw, they begin to bow. They begin to bend. They begin to compromise. They begin to withdraw from the things of God. And it says this, I have a greater witness than that of John, talking about John the Baptist. He says, for the works which the Father hath given me to finish, the same works do that I do. Bear witness of me that the Father hath sent me. Jesus produced tangible evidence. In John 10, 25, could I have that on the screen? We realize that Jesus is an evidence producer and people that are born again, these signs shall follow them that believe. And that's not just a myth. That is a stark reality, friend. When you use the name of Jesus and mix it with faith, miracles will happen. Jesus answered them, I told you, you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear me witness. All I ask of any man that makes a claim to be the right way is to do one miracle. Just one. Feed the multitude one time. Just one time. Find a record that you did it. Find someone that remembers that you did it. But why would you follow teaching and theology that lead you to an endless nothing? Go to verse 38, John 10, 38. But if I do, though ye believe me not, believe the works that ye may know and believe that the Father is in me And I in him all we ask is one all we ask is one Hindu all we ask is one could I get an amen all we ask is one Muslim all we ask is one Buddhist all we ask is one Harry Krishna all we ask is one just one miracle not a list but a one miracle show us that your Doctrinal or faith leader is connected to a true God that hears him. But if you just end up doing nothing but screaming and crying, producing no evidence, as the prophets of Baal did, then we will not follow you. Could I get an amen? Absolutely. We will not follow because we are of the persuasion that if a man declares that he is the Son of God, he must have evidence. 1 Corinthians 2. Could I have that on? First Corinthians 2 and verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should stand in a man. No. That your faith would not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Confucius hinduism buddhism philosophical philosophy is something that comes out of someone that seeks truth but when they cannot find the truth to satisfy them they come up with their own thought of what is true and what is not and they are all liars and only jesus is true amen all right hallelujah now, Jesus declares that he is is the witness of God and that without a witness of God, God would not exist. He could be called a figment of man's imagination. But because Jesus came, he raises all questions about God. This is important because we think Everybody has a right to believe what they want. They do after you have given them your rebuttal. But no one is allowed to believe without hearing your faith. Because you have to hear theirs, they should hear yours. Amen. Absolutely. We are to give an answer to the gainsayer. We're not just supposed to walk through life and say, well, you know, everybody has a choice. Yes, they do. After you give them one. Yeah, hallelujah. All right. So, without Jesus declaring that he is the witness of the only true God in existence, he and that he himself was God, the creator of all, and he is the beginning of all things. Let's go back to Revelations. And let's look again at the third chapter in verse 14. Hallelujah. In the declaring that Jesus is the beginning of all creation, all conversations about Him must cease and He must be accepted as absolute. In The 14th verse, but unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, these things saith the amen, the end of all things. The faithful and the true witness, the beginning of all creation. Jesus is the beginning of all creation. And in having the beginning or being the beginning of all creation, he has the preeminence. He's supposed to have the preeminence. Let's go to Colossians 1 and verse 11. Now, Jesus makes this wild statement that he is the beginning of all things. Now, if we do not believe in the absolute physical witness and existence of Jesus Christ, understand this. Evolution has its place. Evolution is so stupid. Evolution can only produce after its own kind. Now let's say that the the first one evolved or grew or became adaptable to wherever it was. Well, then the next one would be the same as the former. And then if it blew off into somewhere and it landed in Alaska, So it would have thicker blood and it would have this. So then it would start taking off of itself. The only problem is, is that DNA defies evolution. DNA is like the writing of a book. Does a book happen by itself? No, it can't. Does DNA start by itself? It's impossible. What is a book? It is a story of somebody existing longer than the book. A book would insinuate to us that there had to be something greater than the book itself to have existed before the book. DNA of every man, woman, and child declares that there had to be something greater than the beginning of DNA that writes the story of your life. Your eye color, your hair, your nails, everything about you is found in DNA. But if DNA started by itself, then a book could start by itself. And they cannot. And if it started by itself, then why would not there be new creations starting by themselves all the time? All you have to do to prove to me that I came from a monkey is to take your empty-minded cell from your loins and put it in a monkey and produce me a half-breed. All you have to do is just do that. You cannot, because every part of the creation of DNA is incompatible with another, declaring there is divine power and intervention in creation. Science, falsely called. Science without God is just idiots. Idiots running around trying to establish something. Now look. They they can't even recreate a a grain of a mustard seed. They have to take it from another plant. They can't even do that their own self. Moving right along. Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, and all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto God, or the Father, which hath made us meant to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the who? Invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created, that are in heaven and that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or power, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Next verse. Who is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have what? The preeminence. The preeminence. I said all of those things to bring us to the very fact of why the church at Laodicea became lukewarm. Jesus lost the place of preeminence. What does the word preeminence mean? It means... Let me find it here. Yeah, I'm my, I'll try to read my scribbling here. Hallelujah. It means to be first. It means to be the head. It means to be first place. It means to be the chief of all things. It means to be the most precious or the highest of value, the highest honored, something before anything else, and above everything and everyone else. Why does the church allow itself to supersede the preeminence of Christ? It is the plan or the place that Jesus requires acknowledgement that He is the need of every man, the preeminence. Of every life Romans 10 9 could I have up here we must declare the preeminence of Christ above over our life if not we are not Christians not only must we declare the preeminence of Christ in our life we must seek to guard its preeminence in our life it says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt what? Be saved. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord, somebody say the Lord, supreme master of one's life. It is then required after that confirmation by faith through our words that we Submit willfully to his preeminence. Go to Luke 646. Luke 6.46. This all has to do with the church that well, aren't you going to talk to us about lukewarm? I'm talking to you about lukewarm. I'm just not going to say they were lukewarm, Jesus is going to puke you out of his mouth. It says this why do you call me Lord, Lord, or give me the preeminence by word only? And do not the things which I say. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man which built in house and dig deep, laid the foundation. Notice these words, digs deep and lays the foundation upon a rock. In other words, remember when we acknowledge the person of Jesus Christ, when we acknowledge that he is the beginning of all things, that is the deep roots of every believer. It is the rock that we are founded upon. Now there is no tossing to and fro. Now there is no compromise. Now there is no bending. Now there is no giving in. Now there is no beginning and stopping. Now there is no fear. Now there is no unbelief. Now there is no doubt. We are fervent and zealous because we know him in whom we believed. And it says this, And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heard and doeth not, which is the church in Laodicea, is like a man that without a foundation built a an house, and upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. This is what happens to people's faith. That we do not adhere to the things that I talked about. We think, oh, we've heard this, Pastor, we've heard this. No, you, you haven't heard it. Well, you would understand that once we find out that he is the beginning of all things and he is the amen, the end of all things, there is no worry between A to Z of what's going to happen. We are going to end up at Z. Could I get an amen? We must adhere to and acknowledge the existence of the unquestionable witness of an invisible God. If you take Jesus out of the church, the church comes mingled with everything but truth of who God is. Hallelujah. This surrender to these unchangeable and undeniable facts is the very basis of the faith that you and I live by. It is the basis, now listen to these words. It is the basis of the fear of the Lord. What if you really feared God? Oh, oh, we don't have to be afraid of God, he loves you. I totally understand what you're trying to say. But what you're trying to do is just tell me why you're not doing the word. No, if you fear the Lord, you do what he told you to do. It's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of a vengeful God. Now, when we begin to live in the fear of the Lord, the foundation of life of every believer through faith, obedience, now listen to these words: faith and obedience, persistence, diligence, virtue, perseverance, goodness, temperance, uh, brotherly kindness, charity and forgiveness. A life of moral standards that will not be compromised becomes the life that we are willing to sacrifice everything. Now, how was and how does it come to us of what happened to the church at the Laodiceans? Remember this, Jesus said these words, Paul did through the apostle said this, in him do we live, move, and have our being. That is the life of the believer the life of the believer, when it becomes separated from that and we begin to live and move and have our being in ourself, we begin to allow every other doctrine to come in. We think it doesn't hurt us, but it is the doctrine of the Antichrist. Now, when we live and move in him, we understand that we become constrained by the love that he gave and expressed for us and now that love controls us. Why would a man fear? Why would sin be born in the man, in the heart of a man that loved God? Lukewarmness. You've lost some shade of that he is the beginning and he is the end that in him do you live and move and have your being. A loss of the things that we just mentioned brings about a false identity of yourself. Remember, they said, we are rich, we are increased, we have all, we have need of nothing. Jesus said, open your eyes. You are blind, you're naked, you're wretched, and you're poor. How does a person get away from the identity of his ever-ongoing need for Jesus Christ by allowing other doctrines to come in. Hallelujah. And so when we, out of their own mouths, declared something, Jesus said, this is who you really are. The difference or the displacement of Jesus having preeminence over our lives lives ends up creating in us a lukewarmness i just want to ask you this how many times this week have you not done what jesus would have wanted you to do enough said why because we have put ourselves first or others first now, without Jesus being the government over our lives and us allowing ourselves to believe whatever we want a little bit of evolution, a little Buddhism, a little Hinduism and believe me, it's all out there. When we set or allow ourselves to be contaminated by such antichrist doctrines and messages, we are going to end up being lukewarm. Without Jesus and his word, man could never ever afford or handle life. It demands that Jesus is in charge of us all of the ways. Without Jesus, man can on his own not draw his own moral boundaries. Without Jesus, man cannot even operate justly among themselves without jesus no one can have a foundation of belief without jesus man will mix the truth of god with enough errors to make him blind to his self, and to his need to God. All of these things that we use to forget Jesus simply are going to bring us to a place that we are disconnected from God and we will lose our eternity. I believe one saved, always saved, and he'll spew you out of his mouth. On a cold winter morning, I'm glad you come. Hallelujah. Yep. And so we need to put first things first. Jesus first. Got to get an amen. Let's not allow ourselves to be watered down. Sometimes people think that Christianity is so controlling. Christianity is not controlling. Christianity is a government that leads to a pathway of abundant as well as eternal life. You don't have to live it. You have your options. But the options are warmer than the other. I asked a young man in a meeting the other day, and, and uh, I said, is there anything in hell you want? He said, uh, I don't know. I said, uh, what do you think you want? He said, I don't know. I said, well, if I was you, I'd get saved, because if you don't, you're going to go there. Mm-hmm. Really- and he said these polite words. Thank you. Thank you. That's more than most sinners say, more than most church folks say. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Look, Jesus has purchased us. We are not our own. Think of those words. We are not our own. We have to live by the word of the Lord. We have the Holy Ghost to help us. Now, look, I know that these last six, seven, eight weeks might have been traumatic for you. I hope they have. I hope they've shaken everything you believe, helped you adjust everything that you do. And I hope that you could today stand before Jesus Christ unless you have these other things involved in your life, the church of Laodiceans. Get rid of it. Amen? Build yourself on a foundation of absoluteness. Jesus is the absolute foundation that any man believes in God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Every head bowed. Father, we thank you that God you did not leave us in our error and in our blindness and in our sin. But God, you in your great grace and mercy reached out to us and chastened us And God, you were zealous for our soul. Zealous, God, for our purity. Zealous, God, to keep us from the hands of the enemy. For he to whom we are overcome, we become bound to. God, thank you for helping us. Thank you for opening our eyes. Take eye salve and apply it. God, unstop our deaf ears. Let us hear what the Spirit of the Lord would say to a church preparing itself to meet its bridegroom. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you that the blood of Jesus is still relevant today, that it 's still here to wash away sins, to restore the backslider. God, to break the chains of bondage, the blood of Jesus still sets the captive free. Hallelujah. If you're here today and you are a sinner, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and you've never, ever asked him into your heart, if you've never yielded yourself, if you've never given your life, if you've never made him the preeminent factor in your life, then you're a sinner if you're here today and you do not know jesus christ this is your opportunity do not turn a deaf ear do not close your eyes to what you have seen see your need friend jesus is calling to you he's knew your name before the foundations of the earth and he calls to you today and he says come unto me and He will give you rest. If you're here today and you're a backslider, maybe you're one of those lukewarm land of sin. Maybe you just let things come in and seem like Jesus doesn't have the preeminence. always about you, always about your getting ahead, always about the best decision for you. That is not Christianity, friend. Christianity is Jesus seated in our hearts and we hit bond servants by choice because of his love for us. If you're here today and you're a sinner, if you're here today and you're a backslider, I'm going to ask you in just a moment to stand to your feet. When everybody else stands to their feet, I'm going to ask you to step out in that aisle. I'm going to ask you to come down here. Jesus said, If you'll confess me before men, I will confess you before the Father, which is in heaven. God says, if you move on your faith, I will move through your faith. And I will receive you unto myself. Will everybody please stand? If you're in this place and you're a sinner, if you're in this place and you're a backslider, I want you right now to step out in the aisle that is nearest you. Come down here and I want to pray a prayer with you. With you. You're here today. You're not a Christian. you're here today, you're a backslider. This moment right here is for you. Okay, praise God. I'm glad Jesus comes back. We're all gone. Hallelujah. Phils, can you come up here, darling? they come to this is a new member Sunday. So you slip slided yourself in here. We're going to receive new members, and you could be here your first time. Your second time, your third time. If you believe that God wants you to be a part of this household of faith, please step out of your aisle and come right on down here. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Can I have whatever you cook for Him? Hallelujah. Praise Thank God. Do you eat one meal a day? Or just all day. Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh-oh. You think it's gonna get on you? I think it's got more. DNA. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise Lord! Okay, Miss Huggy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. have your hand. Grab your somebody's hand here. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus. Every time people, God, become a part of the household of faith, God, Phyllis and I accept greater responsibility than we've ever accepted. Help us, God, to be greater pastors. Help us, God, to have a greater grace to seek your face, to hear your voice. That, God, we would preach as if you were here every Sunday. That, God, we would give our best and that we would give our life. That, God, we might be the greatest example, the greatest instrument in your hand that we could possibly be. Now, God, we ask as these people, God, to become a part of this house of faith, that, God, you would increase favor upon them, that you would bless them, that, God, their faith would begin to be enlarged, and that, God, they just feel a part of this house, and that, God, we, Phyllis and I, family and our staff and the other people here, God, would embrace them as brothers and sisters in Christ. God, we thank you for their devotion. We thank you for their commitment. Now, God, let your love, your favor, and your increase and blessing come upon them. And, God, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Ed wants to take your room, and we're going to meet you there in just a moment. Honey, that's one family, darling. I don't know if no, he's Catholic. I don't know. Hallelujah! Praise God. Wednesday night, Hallelujah. We just finished up our series on the gifts of the Spirit, and uh, Wednesday night we'll Hallelujah. I don't know. We'll get something. Praise God. Let me bless you, Father, in the name of Jesus. God, you declared in your Word, James the third chapter, that God, who we bless, would be blessed. God, I take hold of that promise today with these people. And God, I pronounce blessing upon every household, blessing upon every family, every child, God. I loose blessing, God, upon every business, that God, as they honor you, as they give unto you and put you first, that God, you will expand their borders and enlarge their tents. And God, we decree a protective measure over them Keep them, God, purity and righteousness, God. And God, help their choices and lead them by your Spirit till we come again under the brotherhood of faith to worship and to hear from you. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you.